welcome to Select Match Type. My name's Simon Cowgill and I'm joined as ever by Christopher Ellis. Hi Chris, how are you? I am very well, Si. How is yourself? Uh, trepidatious is probably the word for it, as we are taking the, the rare step to switch roles and you're going to lead us through our match today, Chris. I am going to lead us through our match today. Um, we should mention, we are still together. We are, still, <laughs> we are now on, I don't know, a goose or... <laughs> Uh, albatross now that's uh, <laughs> that's a, zero, that's a golf know. yeah <laughs> we are on we are some on some kind of foul here together yes it's weird switching roles it it's is like i've had to actually pay attention <laughs> <laughs> no it's this is a match that is very very dear to my heart because it's something that well you know what i'll i'll let you know what it is because well you you already know what it is because you watched it if you haven't, then we've got all kinds of trouble. I'm going to let the audience know what it is. Not just talking to me, but no. the, no, I'm going the to listeners. The millions at home. The millions and millions, exactly. So I'm going to let them know what it is, and then I'll break down why I picked this match. So we are going back to ages and ages and ages ago. I was trying to work out whether you were born for this. I think you were literally... So when, when does Starcade take place? Jan... No, December. It was December. Oh, I'd have been either either one or approaching my first birthday. Pretty, yeah. So you you were just a little wee nip, a wee nipper, a wee nipper back in nineteen ninety when we're going to Starcade Collision Starcade Collision Course to give it its full and proper name, and we are covering the street fight of Doom, Ron Simmons and Butch Reed taking on the Four Horsemen team. Of Arn Anderson and Barry Windham. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Round of applause for this absolutely awesome match pick. As I say, are you waiting for an applause though? Yeah, don't, worry, don't, don't worry. When I'm, when I'm doing anything, I just wait. I just sit you there and wait. Yeah. wait for people to applaud me. When I That's what happens as you're walking down the street. So exactly. why would it not? I thought that was going to happen here. Clearly <laughs> not. See. For you getting into wrestling, you were WWF and then later WWE. For me, growing up in the 80s and early 80s and early 90s, when you had wrestling on TV, apart from World of Sport with Big Daddy and Joe <laughs> Does that count? It's not quite the it same thing, is it? Count. It doesn't matter. Well, in fact, none of them have ever made our lists of mine. Did they ever have a street fight? <laughs> Maybe we'll find one we'll as, as we go along. But... For for me, I say for me, they used to be buried in like the one forty five o'clock in the morning slot after Airwolf and Prisoner Cell Block H. <laughs> there used to be the hour coverage of WCW Worldwide, and that is where I got into wrestling to begin with. And that is my formative years were watching WCW because Sky wasn't a huge thing, so you didn't really have a weekly. Well, this would have been like pre pre Premier League, so Sky yeah. wasn't really a huge it was, thing generally. It was it was in its infancy, mm. these kind of things. So you didn't have a big WWF presence apart from the videos if you're buying them. And back in the day, they were, they were if you look at inflation, they were expensive things <laughs> to buy. Yes, I'm so sure. So you had WCW was a weekly show that I could access. So you'd have people like Candice Jack, Sting. Steve Austin, when he was part of the Hollywood Blonde with Brian Philman. 
Teddy Long comes Teddy, out as part Teddy, of Teddy Doom. Long, so <laughs> all the big stars. All the, all the stars are scheduled to attend. Well, yeah. and, and the commentary team, one of my all-time favourites. Yeah, we'll, I say we'll we'll set we'll set aside my my infancy and my love of the WCW back in the day. So as you say, for this match, we've got not only Jr. on commentary, a very young-looking Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we've also got not Paul Heyman, no Paul E. Dangerously on commentary, co-commentary. Back in the kind of greed is good, Michael Gecko, Wall Street, yuppie, slick, Paul Heyman, Paul E. Dangerously phase. Did when you it, like Paul E. Dangerously? When he was, yeah, so I've, I've re-watched a lot of uh, Paul E. Dangerously around this time from WCW and DCW and his heel character, as you say, is very um, Wall Street. Um, he's got a, a mobile, so he must be a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> And he, he's just, because he's a New Yorker, he's just like, he's very gobby. He's just, yeah. he's aggressive and loud and brash and the perfect heel co-commentator. Yeah. The guy who, or perfect guy who colour, along with JR's, more wholesome, straight up, but still taking no shit. Ironically, a terrible businessman for a man that play, plays a very not-bed businessman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True. Well, you could have seen that coming. <laughs> yeah. But, as I say, this one originally, this match was scheduled to be Ric Flair and Arn Anderson versus Doom. However, previous to this, there's been an attack on Ric Flair, the limousine attack, which or limousine situation, which you'll hear mentioned throughout the. Uh, was it Rikishi? <laughs> yeah, yeah, turns, yeah, turns out thirty years, like twenty-five years, that Rikishi did it. So that's why. Rick Blair has been taken out of this match and replaced by Barry Windham. What was the end result of the, the limousine? It doesn't really spoil the match, no. I guess. No, because it, because the attack is bullshit. It's rubbish. It's it's a smokescreen because we find out at the end of this match that Sting, who was taken on the Black Scorpion in a cage match, we find the Black Scorpion to be Rick Flair. Oh, wow. I'm, 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 I've snapped my pen. <laughs> so angry about I'm, it. I'm so angry at this side chance on this match I've broken my pen doing it. Yeah, so Ric Flair, who had been and as the Black Scorpion had been tormenting Sting for months lead at the Starcade. Sting I say he finally gets his hands on him, he pulls a mask off and Flair runs away after victory, <laughs> so it's like, Hardly the most uh, satisfying of endings. That's a very similar angle to, like, you remember when Kurt Angle came out as, like, the um, the luchador in the gold mask? Yes. Uh, after he'd been thrown off some steps or something, so it was, like, pl- uh, playing the GM in a wheelchair, but then he would wrestle matches um, under a mask. Yeah, that was very, I say, essentially, I say, yeah, it, it was an edifying at the end, because obviously Sting won, but... I say the fact he pulled him off and he just went off air going with JR going, Black Scorpion, it's Ric Flair, Black Scorpion. But yeah, anyway, we'll move away. Sorry. <laughs> it's alright, because to be fair, this whole pay per view is actually really, really good. It's got the great Mooter on it, it's got the Steiners on it, it's got, as I say, Flair and Sting on there, Lex Luger's on there. It's, actually, it's not, actually, not all good then. <laughs> he actually has quite a good uh, Four Corners. Wrote four rope match with Stan Anson. <laughs> but we won't, if we have a couple of, we have a couple of, <laughs> of, we have a couple of ball rope match, we'll get into that one yeah. as well. 
the reason, I think the reason we're panning around, <laughs> panning around this as well is because this is a short match. As we said in the preview episode, street fights, you're going <laughs> to... We are not going to have an hour long. <laughs> We're not going to have a clinic, wrestling clinic here. Yeah, these. I think it was 12 minutes from entrances to like the, the end yeah, segment. The, the match, I think bell to bell, the match goes at 7 minutes 40. <laughs> so it is, not, it is not a long one. But we have, as I say, we have the team of the Four Horsemen, Arn Anderson and Barry Windham. We still have the flair picture display on the yeah, back screen. Yeah, I noticed that. Which is a really nice touch though, to have it so they're not they have it set as this this attack and this weird situation that suddenly arose rather than have it. You think that was deliberate? You think that wasn't think just compl- like I think that's com- Well no, because the card was already booked, so I think that's completely deli- completely deliberate. The card's already booked, but it's a you, you don't think it was, might have just been an oversight. No, because the okay. no, I think I think the, I think they were smart enough for the card book to be originally supposed to be on a sudden flair in this match, but they had to make that switch because of it, so they, they okay. keep it where, rather than free knowing and having the Wyndham thing. Yeah. I think it's I think it's smart. Fair enough. But as I say, we know wrestling. The only reason players. I say that is because the layout of of everything um, from the the pop ups, the um, entrance way, everything was so nineties. Yeah. Where that sort of oversight was um, no, I, <laughs> pretty pretty I, common. I, I, think. I, think, I think I think you're confusing basic and old, old <laughs> right. basic and old, right? With <laughs> yeah. net. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Easy but, mistake to. Yeah, make. I, can, I can understand because you say when we when we have Arn Anderson and Barry Windham come out. We do have the uh, the Starcade pop up with their the Starcade stats, <laughs> as as it was, where they don't tell us anything that we don't know about either Wyndham or Anderson, apart from the fact that apparently Street Fighter rules give Doom yeah. <laughs> Doom an advantage, and we know that as well because when we have Doom introduced next, Ron Simmons and Butch Reed, we have their pop up with Street Fighter rules give Doom a Doom an advantage. One thing that did annoy me about the pop-ups, it's it's written as a par- or it's displayed as a paragraph. Should have been bullet points. <laughs> Should have been. Also, did bullet points not exist in? <laughs> no, no, they came in in nineteen ninety two. Ah, sorry, yeah. Also, one of the one of the things as well with that, they needed sorting out. They had so you had Arn Anderson and Wyndham for theirs. Why is Teddy Long just a one or two title belts on the Doom? You don't have Simmons and Reed, you just have Teddy Long with the two titles. And as you said before, Teddy Long is here. He's the the Forrest Gump of wrestling. Like, look back at any point in time. He's there, (laughs) player. He was there, yeah, he was Doom's manager this time. This isn't a straight-up tag team match, though. The Undertaker's nowhere in sight. (laughs) Exactly. We've got Teddy Long isn't doing an awful job. (laughs) To be fair, he manages to just walk down to the ring with them, and that's it. That's all we actually see of him during this time. I mean, uh, you can hear him a few times, like calling out, like yeah, giving he's... encouragement and stuff. But he's not; it, it, he has no real involvement in the match. I missed another trope as well in our previous episode that we have for these matches: jeans wear. No one, you don't go to a street fight wearing <laughs> wrestling gear. No. If you go to a street fight, you wear jeans because jeans are the go-to. And you've got to tape your arms to make your... You've got to tape your arms. <laughs> no, I mean, the top of your arms. Oh. I know um, 
Farouk or Ron Simmons did that throughout his career, but I'm convinced it's only to make him look more vascular and massive because he is a big man at this point <laughs> in time. Those arms are large. They are large. I'm sure <laughs> completely just good jeans. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely nothing else. No, they weren't. Isopro was only WDF. <laughs> but yeah, so as you say, he does look massive, but Butch Reed is equally yeah. a big. Well, two former football stars, as JR points out. They are two former football stars. But as I say, jeans are the go to. Don't wear your wrestling gear when you're up, up to a street fight because people will laugh at you. You'll look ridiculous. <laughs> we get the rules for this, though. And again, this is another one of those tropes where we comment, comment in. So we go right. So street fight, street fight rules, win by pin, win by pinfall, or submission. No, no, no count out. No disqualifications. No rules apart from the rules. He's apart from those five rules that we've rules already mentioned. I can understand he gets excited again. No disqualification. No count out. No rules <laughs> apart from the ones you've just clearly listed before. But you know what? So on No Mercy, there did used to be a. I can't remember the name of the match type, um, but it was essentially a backstage segment, and you would ca- there wouldn't be any pins or submissions. You would carry on fighting until someone's health was completely depleted, and then the match would end. So that that's a street fight. That's that's, that's no a, rules. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, that's how it should. That's how it should be. Just till, <laughs> they should fight until someone dies. <laughs> Their health is depleted and they die. No, well if. If you want to book it, if you can get him to sign up to it, keep your promotion going, I'm sure. Well, we mentioned in the previous episode about emulators, I've got a good end, uh, No Mercy one, so <laughs> I can go and sort that out. This one, as we were saying about the match length, there's no, there's no dicking around getting into it. This one starts, starts fast and stays fast for the entire match. We start off with just, I'd say, pedal and metal. Arn Anderson's got the belt off. We get, <laughs> we, get, we get straight going, whipping Ron Simmons the fuck with his belt. We see a lot of belt whipping, and there's a lot of trousers that didn't need belts to be worn when you're going out there. They could have just done without. It wasn't just the whipping either, so um, I think it's Arn Anderson manages to... Oh, no, it's Anderson gets hit in the face with the buckle of the belt within about a minute and that draws blood um, within like 30 seconds of the match starting. As you say, it's just absolutely chaotic. Um, belt shots everywhere from being whipped and being stabbed in the face by the... Yeah. Is it Anderson or Wyndham? Get, Wyndham, uh, Wyndham gets, sorry. Yeah, yeah so Wyndham. I'm about to say, yeah, because I'd be fair, Anderson, they all, everyone bleeds during this, so yeah. it's, not, it's not a shot. But yeah, as you say, Wyndham gets caught with a buckle. And when you see them set up for it, so when Reed hits him, you can see how when he lays, he is very much hard way because he does laces, he laces them, his fingers through the buckle yeah. and then throws the punch and catches Wyndham clean. It also looks hard way as well because the blood is on like it's not in, from his forehead; it's from like the side of his head. Where if you were gonna blade, you would never do it there. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. They're not cutting away; that he immediately starts gushing. No. It's kind of way that bleeds. Ron Simmons is the best one for this to see it because he's got his headband on. Yeah. So rather than blood pissing everywhere, it soaks through the headband first, it, nice. and then and then start, when it's got nowhere else to go, then it starts running down the rest of his face. 
Uh, I don't know if you're going to mention this, but so as the blood starts, we see um, medical professionals from the Athletic Commission. See, it was, it's not just a new thing with people trying to stop <laughs> matches because of blood. It was happening back in the day as well. To be fair, they were just there to make sure no one's held bar. Really <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they, don't, they don't step in and stitch anyone up. They don't. I mean, I'm wondering whether they're... they're yeah, they don't stitch anyone up. So I'm wondering whether they're just there for actual effect or whether the youth sports board had said no just in case anyone does get genuinely really hurt there you need to actually have people on standby to stitch them back up but yeah Wyndham like shoves him away as he tries to uh, towel blood away from his face which you you don't really see nowadays if there's blood <laughs> well no you'd have to stop you would have to stop and wait for him to be stitched back <laughs> up stitch back up but I was just saying yeah, there's better while while the action's non-stop, there's very little to actually break down and go, oh, there's 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 this spot and then this spot because they're very much just hitting and whipping and such in yeah. each other in each other's chairs. We have a we have Wyndham as the only person in this match who is trying to actually actually wrestle and not just hitting anyone with anything that's around. Yeah, my, my exact note alluding to this, not much wrestling but a lot of brutal shots. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of un- unblocked chairs, a lot of unguarded chair shots. Yeah. Before yeah. we knew that concussion was bad, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, was, everyone was fine after this. <laughs> Wyndham does hit a great superplex though, when, back when in the day when superplexes were finisher and something that the crowd would go absolutely wild over there. Yeah, um, Heyman makes a huge fuss about the superplex. Um, it was nice to hear, like, a fairly basic, what's considered a basic move nowadays made such a big fuss over. I think there's a DDT as well that JR does a similar similar thing for. Yeah, Wyndham does hit a beautiful And also a pile driver dry on Wyndham. So we have, during this whole match, I think we ended up with three, we ended up with three moves, I think, actually during it. Apart from Farouk does hit a spine buster as well, and I know we um, disagree on this, but I always love Farouk's no technique, just muscle you up and throw <laughs> you down spine buster. I know it's very different to the Arn Anderson like complete technique, oh, yeah. but it's a shame we didn't get to see that in this that match. Would, yeah, that would have been, been good. We do get the shoulder block off the top as well, the shoulder tackle from the uh, the former football player, which did look really good. Yeah, it looks it's like nice, it genuinely but... really hurts catching catching that in the face. Yeah. And well, he's a big bloke as well, so... True. He moves... He, be fair, he comes off that top rope really well for a guy in his size. Yeah. And we also get the the, clo- the clothesline from Arn Anderson coming off the top rope when he, Wyndham's holding him. And then it knocks him and blocks him off there. As I say, it's hard to call the actual wrestling of this because it, <laughs> it is... By this point, I say, we, we have the focus on Wyndham and Reed. And then Arn Anderson and Simmons are brought elsewhere. When Anderson gets back in the ring, his face but his he's bleeds more than any of them. He is pretty much just yeah, coated by the time he gets a back. A bloody in mess, there. as you say. Exactly, I'd say he's by this point their health bars are quite low. <laughs> <laughs> and we do I'd say we run up to the only thing the only bit the misstep this match takes, which is the ending. I can understand. I can understand why they've done it, and it works fine. As why they've done it, and it would have worked fine if Nick Patrick, fucking useless, if Nick Patrick would have been able to see what was happening and actually fix it. Because what we have, 
we have the two of them, the two of them brawling off still. Is it really? I can't remember if it's Reed or Simmons. Simmons comes off the ropes into the small into the inside cradle. Uh, it's it's Wyndham Wind, um, gets the inside cradle. JR very much emphasises it's, it's, it's an inside cradle. Some people will call it a small package, small, Chris. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a small package, it's an inside cradle. Uh, but yeah, Wyndham gets it on Reed and it's Farouk that gets the, the arm across. across. Yeah, so essentially, as you say that, so Wyndham. Sorry, it's Ron Simmons. I keep using the yeah, uh, WWE right. so, so Wyndham gets the inside cradle on, on Reed as he comes off the rope. He's got him down for about a count of three before, <laughs> before, yeah. before Ron Simmons drapes his hand across Anderson. And even then, Patrick starts counting the three count for both both teams being down and being pinned. It's so Just, obvious that Wyndham has him down before. And they show like multiple replays really highlighting the fact that he's down for so long before. That's the problem, yeah. It's just, it's like, oh, Nick Patrick, just reset. Just tell Lena, go down the count just the two for Wyndham and just count it as a, t- just count it as a two. And they'll just let that be a bad, re- bad referee in. And then just reset so you can get the finish right. Don't stand there looking. It's not even like, I'll turn you back. So you can't see that Wyndham has also got got Reed pinned. Well, Don't stand there looking right at them and then count it. I think they have this sort of the wrong way around. Like, so they they go for the um, inside cradle first. What they could do, because Ron Simmons like he's barely draping an arm over, so you could play up the fact that Patrick didn't notice the arm until he was down counting. Yeah. Um, that would so you can be you should have gone that way around, yeah you should get the time like don't worry about the timing of getting the arm across because you can play play into that yeah. but yeah the way around it they decided to go um, yeah. or well just the timing of it was very it off, off. Yeah. yeah that's and that just that throws the whole end of the match into disarray I'd say if you wanted to they have them have it look brutal they have them both not lose not lose anything coming out of this and have them both looking strong works absolutely fine with having a double double pin. I've no issue with that whatsoever. It's just the that small error in how the timing of it doing it just makes that makes it look daft and makes them look like they don't know how to put these match put these matches together. Not that, that stops do more the horsemen. They continue they 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 are fully on board with this ma- this match and Selling it to their best because they brawl like fuck all the way still down the yeah, uh, absolutely. down the aisle, back body drops, suplexes. <laughs> they in the crap out each other all the way to the back. Yeah, uh, very brutal. Even after the bell, as you say. And then we have a very agitated Paulie Dangerously. You just want to know who won the match. Yeah, it did make me laugh, but Joe said, what do you think I'm doing, stupid? And Heyman <laughs> gets his shoe off or something, <laughs> like, ready. It's his phone. It's oh, is it his phone? phone? Right. Oh, yeah. um, the size of his phone. <laughs> Bigger than a head. <laughs> Could get that through the case. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it did make me laugh that he was like, well... If I'm so stupid, why don't you tell me who's won then, JR? <laughs> they work really they, they do. They're really good and they think it'd be so when when JR went to WWF as it was then, it's so long before they got back 
on commentary together. It was only when King left in like 2001 off the back of Miss Kitty being fired that yeah. they ended up working together. I mean, to be fair, I think, it, I think the it, best nine months of commentary in my lifetime, <laughs> I would say. Exactly. I mean, I think if Paul Heyman weren't as strong a character as he was and didn't have the, the kind of run-ins he does with that man, yeah. we might have seen them as a commentary team a lot, a lot sooner. But, oh well. Never mind, we've got nine. Nine glorious Nine glorious months of it, yeah. What did you think of this then, Si? It was 12 minutes. Um, as I said, it absolutely flew by. It was chaotic, brutal. I absolutely loved it, though. Um, the crowds really helped because they were fully into the carnage, like cheering everything. Um, commentary team added a lot. Didn't, like, by keeping it relatively simple and re- just emphasising what's going on in the match rather than making it about them themselves, which they do after the match, in fairness, but they save all of the sort of bickering and stuff until until after it's done. Um, the, the camera just about caught a lot of the action. Like, <laughs> it, you would cut, and then the chair would just about <laughs> clip the head, but they, that they, was largely because so much was going yeah, on they, at the same they, time. They did, well, they did well to manage to keep, as you say, to keep most of what, most of the points they wanted to show yeah. in shot. Um, one slight downside to it, I know you've talked about the, the story with Flair, but what what particularly is it about Doom that the Four Horsemen don't like? And they, they don't really tell that... No. S- the commentary team don't tell that story before or after the match. So maybe it's because I'm not watching week to week, but that, although it was brutal, why do they hit each other? Why are they so desperate to... The problem, the problem with the WCW back in the day, apart from the top of the card, you, you book in... And your storylines were pretty much non. You would just have someone rock up and be, yes, we're now feuding. We're now feuding with you. And to be fair, the Horsemen were always about complete control, actually dominating the rest of the division. So wanting the titles is just yeah. taking all. It's a case of giving Flair. Flair would always look to take the heavyweight title. You don't. You don't give the, another title to Flair. No. So obviously Flair would be dominating the heavyweight t- division, and you'd have the rest of the Horsemen picking up the other title just for that complete dominance but to and be honest back in the day I wouldn't the storylines were while while the top of the card had them and they ran even those weren't the most in-depth well cleverly laden it's not the multiple plot strands you get in the wrestling today no fair enough and I, I, the, although the action itself I really enjoyed the finish did detract from it somewhat for me yeah the as you say it's just timing. Oh, you, yeah. It is, it, the, the fact that if, if it had been a double pin and it worked well, then that's fine. But yeah. And the fact that it didn't work well, they could have chosen better replays or chosen better timings <laughs> on the replays rather than showing me that it's a five-second delay. So. I, think, I think the only person who, could have sit, who, who saw what was happening there would, in that ring and could have impacted would have been Nick Patrick. Yeah, and I, I think, think you're right. He should have probably he, he should have probably been the one to call it on the fly there and go no look we need to reset we need to do this because I say Arn Arn Anderson and Barry Windham couldn't see what they what they were doing even could doom so it had to be down to him he had to be the one to pick up and say no this isn't going to work but then again for these kind of things apart from like the close the cable pay per view stuff and the fact that he went on VHS. It went like you had a global audience on pick up on YouTube and start picking apart the actual endings of it. So they didn't expect it. No, <laughs> Thirty-one <laughs> years later. 
Yeah, they did not expect that to be happening, so... But I very much echo your sentiment, though, so non-stop, just everything I want from a street fight, and I say, there's, there's a reason this was my, my go-to pick, my number one pick for street fight, is because this just epitomises it, it's just carnage, no one holds back, there's blood, there's violence, it's just so much fun, you, know, you, <laughs> you sit there and watch, no, that's the thing though, you sit there and watch it, I just, I defy anyone to sit there and get to the end of that match and go, I didn't have fun, I'm, I'm not joyful that I've sat there and just watched that, I don't, you definitely if, can't call it boring, that's no, for sure. If anyone sat there what if anyone sat there and watched that and got to the end of it gone, oh that was rubbish, then no, you fuck I just, oh. <laughs> Fair enough. What star rating do you give this one then, Si? Uh, I'm going three and three quarter stars. I think it would have been slightly higher, not for the finish and the story. Um it's exactly what I'm looking for for a street fight, bar those two elements. Absolutely fair enough, I can completely understand that. Absolutely no shock that I've gone higher than you have. I'm not giving it the full five though. Because that last half hour. Last half hour? That last. <laughs> half an hour? That last half hour. That last half ending for the match has knocked off half a half star. Half a star. Makes for myself. Sense. So it is actually. I'm just throwing stuff around. He's <laughs> so angry and agitated about it. I'm snapping my pen, I'm throwing it around. Right, so. The star rating for this one, Dave Meltzer, gave it very much, in between me and you, side. he's given it four stars. Fair enough. Which I think, you know what, I, I say that's fair enough. If, you, if you've got the emotional investment in it that I have, I imagine you'd score higher. I'm sure Meltzer had more of an idea of the, the background to this <laughs> one than I did as well, in fairness. Yeah, true, so that's probably why he scored higher than you. But I say, I think that's I think that's perfectly fair. As to what happened next for these two teams, I have absolutely no idea because there's very few records. <laughs> what, happened, what happened in WCW back in the day? Fair I can tell you that I can tell you that Flair, who should have been in this match, and then loses to Sting in the main event, then goes on to the next pay per view to actually capture the title from Sting before leaving Championship to go to WWE. <laughs> And then jump ship just in time for the Royal Rumble that we covered. Exactly. There we well, go. Everything melts together, doesn't it? Exactly. But you know what? Something, something is just best left unspoken, unknown. Yeah, so, fair enough. I'll tell you what, though. As, as an aside, because obviously everyone knows Arn Anderson, and you know, everyone knows Ron Simmons as Farouk, and Butch Reed was a perfectly fine wrestler. Barry Windham, if you, if you get the chance to go and watch any of his matches... If you ever feel like digging through the archives for the WCW, so if you did, Barry Windham was an absolutely phenomenal wrestler. So Windham is a guy I've not really seen that. Like Blanchard, Flair, and uh, Anderson, are, I would say, are the more celebrated yeah. horsemen. And like even Blanchard and Arn Anderson look like they're about to have a um, a match in the year twenty twenty two. So, be fair, Windham he never got he never got pushed to the top of the car. That's why as well. So you never. So if you're not, Apart from this period with the Horseman, you won't know him as, or I imagine people won't know him as a star because he always spent around the mid-card for WCW. Fair enough. When you watch him wrestle, you'll be surprised that's where he stayed. He is a really, really talented wrestler. Okay, fair enough.
I'll let you do the outro. Like oh, okay. I'm exhausted. It's tiring stuff, right? <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much for listening. Um, up next, we're going slightly more modern. Um, we're going back to our, our hometown, if you like. WrestleMania 17. the most cha- One of the most chaotic builds to a match you can possibly imagine. So that's what we've got coming up next. Uh, thank you very much for listening. If you don't follow us already on, um, on social media, we've got at Select Match Pod for Twitter and Instagram. Uh, thanks, as always, Chris. Thanks for leading us through it. How did you find your first... Um, what, what's the difference? So I'm, you're the collar commentator normally. What am I? The, the play-by-play. Play-by-play, that's it. It's, I understand that how it's a really tiring and demanding job making <laughs> play-by-play interesting. It's a lot, it's, uh, a lot quicker making notes as the colour commentator, <laughs> right? It is indeed. There is a lot... There is a lot there is a you can very pick up general themes, <laughs> but no, it was, it was fun. Thank you for letting me pick our no, first match for our street fight. It was very enjoyable, and I hope everyone else goes and checks it out and has a watch of it. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, and as as Chris said, you definitely won't find it boring, and you'll leave you wanting more. I'm sure. Okay, until next time, then. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. And speak to you next time.